0: Welcome to Sports Clicks and Politics with your host Ben Husong and me, Sean Hannon. Welcome to episode 65 of Sports Clicks and Politics. It's a Labor Day edition of Sports Clicks and Politics. Uh, I am Sean Hannan, uh, joined as always by Mr. song. Mr. song, thank you for joining us.
1: Thrilled to be here. Happy Labor Day, everybody.
0: Yeah. Has your uh, weekend been fulfilled with a bunch of labor?
1: No, but there's more to come. That uh, <laughs> it, There was some labor. I, yesterday was like the day off. Friday, Saturday I worked, and then today I'll work after we leave here. But yesterday I just took a day. Drove down to Pennsylvania, had a nice little barbecue, and then drove back last night.
0: Sounds like a... Wonderful time.
1: It was a long day, but it was a. Bl- I was one of the most one of those days where there was nothing going on. It was like a fantasy football draft and a family barbecue, and just laughed all day. It was a wonderful day. Absolutely sounds, enjoyed yeah.
0: it. Sounds sounds fun. Yes. Um, how about you? Lots uh, of labor. I actually labored this weekend. Yeah, you know, I had a couple uh, events, sure. a celebration of life event that turned into a crazy drink fest, which at two <laughs> o'clock on a Friday was weird, as will happen. Um. Yeah, and then we had. Uh, not to, not to get into crazy stuff, but the city turned off the water on us uh, on Saturday. We had a big birthday party, 100, 130 people birthday party, and at five thirty we still had no water. The party was starting at six thirty.
1: Well, that's scary. It came
0: on luckily, so uh, we all got again. And they turned it right off at eleven, right at last call, so that we're, it were, literally worked out perfectly. So, yeah, why were they, they shutting it off? Uh, there was a water main break that they could ah. not find the leak into, so they had to shut off. And it was it was off for like six eight hours or something. So all day Yikes. on Saturday. So. But anyway, it all worked out, and so uh, labor was labor, I guess. But uh, we got some go. uh, sports, clicks, and politics stuff to talk about this week.
1: <laughs> we did name this show correctly.
0: Yes, before Before we get into all those topics, uh, if you would be so kind as to like and share this video, that would be very much appreciated. It helps us with the algorithms. <laughs> and the uh, you can subscribe to the channel and hit that notification bell, and you will get uh, notifications when we go live like we are right now. As we do every Monday at twelve PM Eastern, it's pretty consistent. I've never actually asked any of the podcast listeners. So, all you guys, folks home, not watching us but listening at home, you could also leave a five star review on your uh, site there, and that'll also help us find us in the uh, in the algorithms. I'm assuming.
1: I like that you think we're worth five stars.
0: Well, I mean, why why any other stars? That's fair. I mean, if you've read this one star, an option. If you're going to give us a one star, don't go there. <laughs> 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 um. So uh, let's quickly talk about. Uh, some sports here. We got uh, we can wrap up the golf season. Uh, Patrick Cantley, fifteen million dollars richer. It's a good day. Yeah, it's a good day at the office. Good for uh, him. FedEx Cup champion. Uh, kind of him and Rom came a two man uh, uh, show there at the end and uh, beat Rom by one stroke. And uh, congratulations to Patrick Cantley. He's uh, he's somebody easy to root for. He's got a really long back crazy history about some stuff I, we don't need to talk about now. But it's okay. good. To, he's easy to root for. I just agree. say that. So. I like John Rom too, so I was kind of rooting for him because I think he's basically the best player in the world. But um, he was on my he was on my DraftKings team, so it didn't work out. I needed him to win.
1: Yeah. John Rom's easy to cheer for, especially after the year he's had with uh, the two yeah, withdrawals for sure,
0: for sure, for sure. COVID and getting COVID and not getting COVID and all that good stuff
1: and getting vaccinated and still having to remove because he was positive. Yeah, that was awesome.
0: So now we get to go to golf. Is like the uh, the fall. Most of these corn fairy tour guys come up and play on the on the tour for a little while because some of the big dogs take the take some time off before the uh, the season really kind of ramps back up here in the uh, in the winter. So golf is kind of over, but not really for the degenerates who like to play DraftKings and with a bunch of corn fairy tours. So guys, so I'm going to be doing that. Um, let's talk about NFL Week One. Exciting! Bills Steelers. It's a big game. Six and a half favorites. You guys are six and a half points. They're good. You guys because you guys are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's possible. As a Bills fan told me last night that he couldn't miss any games this year because they're going to the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, I wish I had that confidence.
0: And then I asked him if he had ever uttered that word before in his life, and he said, I've been saying it for 33 years. All so right, like, well, that makes did, more yeah, sense. Yeah. <laughs> like I, that makes way more sense.
1: Yeah, I used to always joke with Giants fans about this back in the day when the difference between a Bills fan and a Giants fan was at the beginning of the year, Giants fan would look at the schedule and go, this is the year, Manning v. Manning in the Super Bowl. Bills fan would look at it and be like, you know, if a couple things go our way, we could probably make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, listen, I do
0: think the Bills are one of the teams to beat here. So I be This year's different. Um, We got Thursday matchup, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the uh, America's team, Dallas Cowboys. We got to stop calling them America's team. They're not. Yeah. South America's team. <laughs> sure. That was back in the uh, Michael Irvin, Leon Lett days. That's what I used to call him. Uh,
1: I mean, that that joke works <laughs> on so many levels. It's very well done, actually.
0: <laughs> um. But I do, you know, like I said, I'll be playing a bunch of fantasy, so we'll be paying attention to NFL as we go along here. We'll probably recap some of the uh, important games, I think, uh, as we go through the season here and uh, ramp it up as we uh, get into the the hay. But I think we're both NFL fans, so we'll try to uh, make sure we keep that as part of the sports part of the Sports Clicks and Politics show.
1: Yeah, and it'll be fun watching how this plays out with the masking versus unmasking and exposures and which team's going to have to forfeit and all that. Yeah, if we, be-
0: if we get a forfeit, that's literally just a miscarriage of justice. I, It's crazy to even think about.
1: Yeah, it's wrong. It doesn't make any sense.
0: We found out Cole, Cole Beasley's back in camp, yeah? Yeah, he's Good. back again. Still healthy?
1: Apparently.
0: Is Joe Rogan his agent? I don't think so. <laughs> no, that'd be fun.
1: That would have been more fun. <laughs>
0: um... Part of the clicks, part of the show, uh, crypto's up on the rise here. Everything's moving up. All the altcoins, even Bitcoin, everything's moving in the right direction. A lot of green. Yes, but A lot of green screens.
1: Loving life right now as a crypto holder.
0: You know who's not a fan of crypto? Uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump is not. A, he says <laughs> cryptocurrencies are a disaster waiting to happen.
1: Well, it's,
0: his, it's his nationalist uh, tendencies taking over because he, he basically is just trying to protect the dollar because it's got yeah. U.S. in front of it. Yeah. he just literally
1: all in. God bless him. I, I just don't care. Like it's a disaster waiting to happen. Well, you know, so is a lot of stuff. I like the currency of the United States. He says, "Like thanks, DJ." <laughs> I mean, listen, God bless Trump, but the guy went from cu- campaigning on the idea the Federal Reserve was manipulating the currency, and they were the interest rates were too low, and they were so dumb. How could they possibly do this? And they were just touting the stock market without helping the people on Main Street and no real economic gains. It was all stock market. And they needed to let interest rates rise. And then he got in office and uh, was it Jerome Powell's like, I think we're going to make interest rates go up a little bit. And he's like, you are trying to undermine my presidency. Like, what did this dude just say? Yeah, he's, Is he kidding?
0: He's definitely a, uh, a one-man wrecking crew and everything. All things matter what, what matters to him at, at only so Yeah,
1: so it, when he was in the stock market, it was great and it was the really good indicator for what was happening in your 401K. The economics was the, the best economy we've ever seen. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, and the vaccines saved. What do they say? Hundreds of millions of lives, or millions of lives, something like that. Probably, probably accurate. I was. It was just like. And look, I don't. I didn't call it a lie when he said it when he was campaigning. I'm not going to call it a lie now. The man is just prone to exaggeration. He is prone. He's PT Barnum to grandiose statements that are in the, the legal world what would be called puffery. It's not like it's something you would take to the blank, Take to the bank as like a. Uh, a verbatim truth. It's just, this is what he's prone to doing of like, we had so many people who might've been, some people are saying, I don't know if it's definite, but most likely, probably the biggest event ever. And you're just sitting there going, what? What did he say? I lost him. Yeah.
0: Well, I think regardless of uh, Mr. Trump's uh, so, yeah, uh, his- position on uh, cryptocurrency, it's going to do what it wants to do. With Oddly, it regardless. it's
1: not going to have any impact on my own for, take on cryptocurrency. Uh, That's probably wise. Yeah, I mean, Donald Trump, Mike Lindell, and Jerome Powell can say whatever they want about the cryptocurrency, and it's going to have very little impact on my view of the utility of cryptocurrency.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. But we do have Bitcoin is, uh, again, solidly above 50,000 at 51.5 here, uh, still uh, chugging away. Ethereum's kind of creeping close to that 4,000 mark again. And then I can't, if it gets above, I think, what's the what's the all-time high of, of Ethereum? It's got to be like 4,100 yeah, something like Yeah, it's like low, low fours. I think it gets above that. It shoots right to 5,000. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. I'm in. Um, here in New York, we talked about this a little bit. The maybe now that we have a new governor, this will, this will change some stuff here. But So we've had this delay. We've, we legalized weed here sure. in New York State. Um, we have some laws and stuff in place and kind of uh, – uh, coincide with some of the tobacco laws and, and some other stuff. And there's some gifting laws in there. Uh, but a place in, let me get the city right here. Is this Rochester? Henrietta. That's just in outside. Rochester. Just, just, just outside of Rochester. Yep. It's a suburb. suburb. Has a t-shirt. Uh, there's a store called hemp soul CBD and they sell t-shirts for $65. Mr. song Would you ever want a $65 t-shirt? <laughs> Now, what if it came with a bag of weed in the pocket? (laughs) So they have figured out through their lawyers that uh, they're gifting this weed by selling T-shirts for $65. And when you buy that T-shirt, you're awarded a gift from Hemp Soul CBD, which is a bag of weed of your choice.
1: Oh my God! I'm so. I was gonna ask you what $65 t-shirts in New York meant when you sent me the rundown because I had no idea. Oh. I'm so happy I forgot to ask you because this is so much more fun to learn in real time. Yeah. So right in Henrietta, we have uh uh you know again, New York is prohibiting
0: the sale of marijuana, but we can gift it to any, uh, up to three ounces to anyway. So, so I can give you you know three ounces when you walk out the door here.
1: Thanks. Not that you would possess or illegally. I have own at least marijuana. three ounces in the building. That's just fair. for the record, that's I against, don't. It's against the law. Um, Way to go, you lawbreaker. Sorry. Making me an accomplice over here. I'll wear here. a mask instead. Thank you.
0: So this shirt place or this store here, I'm co- assuming they sell other things other than t-shirts and they probably sell CBD and tinctures and such. I'm not familiar with the store, but <laughs> they have the clearly...
1: weed. They,
0: they are now selling weed. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they uh, talked this with their, their lawyers and uh, decided it was okay, and uh, here we are, so... This is what you get when your government can't get out in front of an industry that you've legalized over a year ago and you still can't figure it out. So people are going to figure it out on their own.
1: Uh, good. I, listen, again, you and I have discussed this at length. I have no real interest in smoking marijuana or ingesting it or any other way, but there's no reason for it to be illegal. And the government incompetence in making marijuana fully legal and allowing businesses and people to maybe earn some money by providing a service that a good portion of the population wants – is no excuse so the government incompetence sets in people find a way around it and this is the funniest loophole ever i wonder if i can go buy a t-shirt and be like i just don't want the weed i just want to buy a 65 dollars t-shirt you can keep the free gift sure can i go with you and just give it to me (laughs) (laughs) why would you waste that (laughs) just principles so that when the inevitable legal hearing happens they can say no if somebody turns down the gift we don't give it to them yeah. Well, I mean, some lawyers say it's technically illegal,
0: but who knows? It's a great story.
1: what we regardless. call violating the spirit of the law, though not the letter. And guess what usually happens there? You're okay. Because it's not your fault they wrote dumb laws. Yeah. Or no laws. That's or really, no they've, laws. they've literally done nothing. They it's just amazing.
0: passed it and said, yeah, it's legal. Here's your uh, skeletal uh, protocol to work with, and nothing has happened since. All so, right.
1: That's fantastic. I'm so. Uh, Leave it, I'm it to New so York. Happy. I love New York. Somebody in New York State did that. Just imagine the meeting where they came up with it when I got longer. It's like, what if we gave it away and charged four I've, times the amount? I have literally t-shirt?
0: had this conversation already.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I'm just glad somebody put it into practice. So.
1: I, I'm thrilled. Good for you. Go entrepreneurial spirit.
0: Hemp Soul CBD. Go go check them out. Buy a T-shirt. Um, all right. Let's talk to something more. Well, more your wheelhouse than mine. This last subject was my wheelhouse. Yeah. We, this subject masks. Oh, God. So, Bangladesh, there's a study out that says masks work or don't work. I can't really recall, but both sides are touting this study as something to, uh, to use as uh, information in the mask debate. Yep. What sayeth Mr. Husung, the mask expert on the Sports, Clicks, and Politics podcast? I
1: mean, to call me a mask expert is a Just on the podcast. Between definition. the two of us, you're the expert. Yeah, that's fair. And compared to like, I'm the, the weed people. expert. All right, uh, that's fair. Compared to the people that are, like, the actual experts, I'm going to say, like, I, I feel confident putting my knowledge up against theirs in this topic, but I am by no means an expert. They're just full of it. Um, this study was a joke. This study was everything that is wrong with science in 2021. It is the definition of assuming the conclusion and then looking back over the data to find how you can support your conclusion. And here's the thing. In my personal opinion, this study did not establish that masks work. This study did not establish that masks don't work. This study did nothing except waste people's time because the study from the get-go, the whole idea if you want to test a variable in a study is you have to control everything else. So if, if we want to find out hey, the masks actually work in a school setting, for example, then what we want to do is we want to compare school districts where they have same ventilation, same population demographics, same age of students, roughly the same percentage of teachers, roughly the same percentage male to female, roughly the same socioeconomic status, and that's why we call them randomized trials. And then you control those. So the randomized control, that's what it's referring to. You want to control every other aspect except for the one thing that you want to measure. That's why the studies that came out, and they're like, well, we tested mass social distancing, proper ventilation, open windows, social distancing within the classrooms, and we did a retrospective study where we looked over everything, and now we can say conclusively mass blocked the spread. Wait, what? No, no you can't. That's not how science works. You're not testing anything. Like, you got to isolate the one thing you want to measure, and these the study authors just wholly failed to do that. This study was an absolute joke.
0: I like the Elgato uh, Malo's quote from his article here. He's like, this is only get you laughed out of a seventh grade science fair. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> I mean, like somebody put their name on this and then everybody like defending it like, well, it's just a preprint. Like it doesn't matter. The fact that you would put that out there on the notion that this might pass as science is hysterical because this wouldn't uh, you would have failed science in seventh grade if you tried to do this and demonstrate this as, as a proof that it worked. I mean, it's, it's such a flawed setup to begin with. This would be the equivalent of being like, well, we wanted to study if milk really is healthy for everybody. So we gave milk to everybody, and the people that drank it, um, they all ended up being healthier. Like, okay, well, what else do the people that drink milk do? Well, we went early in the morning when the wrestling and basketball teams were practicing, and they took all the milk, and then we didn't have any left when all the lazier students and the burnouts came in. And then we concluded, obviously, it was the milk that led to these better outcomes, not the fact that it was a bunch of athletes versus a bunch of non. But that is the stupidity of what we are dealing with here on a daily basis of what comes out of science. And yet again, just trust the science. Trust it. It's... It's... No, no disrespect to the people that are burnouts or anything else. I, I was making a point about physical fitness, which, I again, I'm not belittling your life choices. I mean, Michael Phelps is a weed smoker. He's also a world-renowned athlete, which right. I think is That's the exception more so than the rule. Usain Bolt is a weed smoker. Again, I'm going to make the same point. I'm not saying there's not exceptions. The, NB, the NBA, they're I'm weed smokers. I'm going to say if you at, take your average <laughs> high school student that you would either label as a three-sport jock or a burnout, who's probably going to have a healthier lifestyle. Listen, I'm just defending the weed. Let's play odds here. I'm not saying you don't get it worked out eventually. I, like, you do, but it's usually what you're going you. so to find. So to not control for that in a trial would be nonsense. I got you. Right. It's the same way that if you did it with, like, even if you wanted to go the, the I don't know, do we still have nerds. Is that still okay? Like, the nerds in the sure. school or the the super overweight kids against the athletes, and we're like, well, the athletes drank milk and this fat kid didn't, so better outcome plus a milk. Like, No, there's so many more things that go into that. You can't possibly draw that conclusion. And that's what the study did. They went around Bangladesh and had like a government-sponsored push to encourage people to wear masks. And then went around and said like, well, the people that self-reported that they wore masks had a far lower rate. And I think it was like 0.007% reduction or something like completely nonsensical that they never set out to control in the beginning and then looked back and were like, you could see they looked over all the data from their test. We're like, all right, what supports that masks work? Not that, not that, not that, not that, that might, not that, not that, not that. All right, let's go back to the one that might. That's what we're going to focus on here and just to highlight how much this makes masks work. It's a joke. Masks don't work. I wish to God masks worked. It would be so much easier. It yeah. would be so easy. But, guys, it's been 18 months, I think, now, 15, I don't remember. I've lost count. But, You can't point to a single area of the world that establishes any even correlation between a superior COVID result. Masks work in very, very limited settings of very close contact with a symptomatic person. The reason that mask mandates and all that don't work, number one, is because asymptomatic spread is well below 1% of all cases. So to have perfectly healthy people wearing masks is nonsense. The other reason masks don't work is because even the best mass in the world, the N95 properly fitted, is only gonna drop or is only gonna stop the flow of a particle size of three microns and above. And the COVID virus goes through at less than one micron. So again, sand through a chain link fence, is it gonna stop some? Sure. But anything that's gonna give out that much is meaningless. It's not gonna have any actual real world impact. This is not new information. But now he came out, and again, this has been my critique, my criticism, my complaint about the scientific community, especially as it comes to masking. You can't even establish correlation, and you're jumping to causation. You can't even demonstrate an area that this worked compared to an area where it didn't, and yet you're claiming that masks work. Like, this is nuts. I, I can't figure out, and then the, the CDC or the FDA last year came out with a bunch of studies that demonstrated in their view that masks definitely work. And then, like, somebody had a half a brain and went, hey, why'd you stop this study six weeks ago and just publish it now? And then you looked at the data after the six weeks, and all the masking areas went shot straight up. And you're like, this is just dishonest. You're lying. And I don't understand why. I I just don't get it. Like, guys, here's the reality. It doesn't work. You know what has a bigger impact on the spread of COVID than masks? Seasonality, age, symptoms, distancing. Proper ventilation inside a building, vitamin D, ivermectin, even though we're not allowed to say it. Like, all of these things, if you want to find out who is and is not going to have COVID, it is the age of the population, it's who has symptoms, it is the ventilation system, or if you're outside, because it's exceedingly rare to spread it outside, and just a regular seasonality, the Hope Simpson curve. All of these things are going to matter so much more. Then masks. Masks, if you're looking at 100% mitigation efforts, it's less than one-tenth of 1% of what's going to stop it. You want to know when masks make sense? If you're sick and physically staying away from somebody is just not an option, period, then put a mask on. Is it going to be perfect? No, you might still spread COVID. But if you are sick and if I had COVID right now and I had symptoms and Sean and I just couldn't stay away from each other, I'd be like, yo, you put a mask on, I'll put a mask on, and I'll be out of here within 15 minutes. And that would be the epitome, the highest um, method of efficacy would be that. Anything beyond that is a joke. Yeah, it's and, all it's it's all crazy. And a lot like people it, not know
0: this. I, I've said this is the this is the one thing that I can't get around how people can still think they work. So, yeah, but they people do, people
1: and then people still... point to some area, and then you point out like, yeah, but if you expand the study out three weeks in either direction, it it didn't work. Yeah like, well, why don't you just trust science? Because they keep freaking lying.
0: Let's let's stay on science, but switch uh, topics to booster shots. That's fun, right? Yeah. So you sent me this article uh, from RT. I'll read the headline. This is life from now on. Israel's coronavirus czar warrants people to prepare for fourth injection of COVID vaccine. So... This comes on the heels of uh, Biden suggesting, uh, I think, September 20th, that people start rolling out the uh, third booster shots for uh, people here in the U.S. Well, first booster shots, third shot, overall. third shot overall, first booster. Yes. Um, so the third shot's going to roll out sometime September 20th. How long after September 20th do the people with third shots start blaming the people with two shots that uh, they're the cause of the pandemic?
1: I mean, immediately,
0: like within a couple
1: weeks. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like. <laughs> Guys, you don't understand. Israel has changed the definition of what it means to be vaccinated. Israel has a green pass system where only fully vaccinated people are entitled to travel freely. And they've changed the definition. It used to be once you get fully vaccinated, you're good to go. And that's not the case anymore. Fully vaccinated now means two shots plus a booster within the last five months. Or two shots within the last five months. As soon as you get out, it's either five or six months. Once you get outside of that window, if you don't have a booster, you don't count as vaccinated any longer. Or you have to have proof of, at least Israel acknowledges that, hey, proof of um, infection with antibodies is also eligible. But even then, if you got two shots plus a natural infection and it's been five months, then you're okay. But outside of that, you're not again.
0: This is weird. It's weird. As I said, I you know, we've talked about this a little bit. This mostly gets blamed on the Delta variant, right? We're not going to get into the Mu variant yet, but the Delta variant is, is getting all of the uh, all of the uh, blame. blame for yeah. all of these "quote unquote" breakthrough infections. But do we even know the thing wanes against the original? I mean,
1: no, they're not studying it, which tells me yes, it absolutely does. I'm
0: assuming this wanes period, like just in general, right? So it's 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 not Delta specific. It is just waning efficacy on this vaccine that is basically not. You know, I don't know what, what is it? Six, six, eight months here, and then it's basically not working. So, why would a booster shot work if it's uh, the, we're we're told that the vaccine is, or the, uh, yeah, the Delta is vaccine resistant. Like the booster shot doesn't have some additional formulation that targets the variant.
1: Not that I'm aware of. It might. The next booster shot probably will. But if you go back, look, we talked about this even when the vaccine trial safety data and everything first came out and we had the chance to read it. And I said on the show, I don't know what the efficacy is, but it's not 94. I don't know what it is. But again, you set up the study as nonsense. The study was set up and you you tested it on people with an average age of 51. Only 20% had any comorbidities. And then you came back and said, see, and if you look at the data overall between the placebo group and the group that was actually receiving treatment, it was less than 1% of all people that actually got COVID during the study time. So less than 1% overall, but it was it was more in the placebo group than it was in the um, vaccine trial, which of course makes sense because there is an initial onslaught of antibodies when you get the vaccine. It's going to happen. So if you don't test it for long enough, yeah, of course this is going to be okay. And the other thing they did was if you did get COVID, but it didn't fall in, you didn't count as vaccinated until you had received both shots and then seven days went by. That's fine. But again, it was obvious if anybody had been paying attention, there's no way this is right because this is not reflective of the overall population. This is not a long enough time to study. And your definition of how you count as positive COVID is so narrow that in the placebo group, anytime you get it, you got COVID. Because you're the placebo group. So even after, you know, the day after your second placebo shot, you get COVID. That counts as COVID. You develop COVID in the the actual uh, vaccine group two days after your second shot. Doesn't count. That's not COVID. That means the vaccine still works. So once again, I didn't know what the results were going to be, but I told you at the time, there's no way this holds up to 94 because they did everything under the absolute most generous definitions imaginable to their own cause. And this is what they came up with. There's no way it holds. And, you know, lo and behold, it turns out I was right because it was common sense. It's not because I'm a genius. It's not because I'm a scientist. It's because I understand basics of if you do it this way, you're going to get this result. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean the vaccine doesn't work. It just means that it's not nearly what they said it was going to be. And we have no idea if it's a variance. We have no idea if this is just normal. We don't even know. I shouldn't say that. There's at least some reason to believe the variants are caused by the vaccine. There's people that very, very smart people that were coming out and warning about this. It says you're going to drive variants if you implement a non-sterilizing vaccine at this point in time. What do we do?
0: Well, we got a variant that mutated on the spike protein where the vaccine targets. It's it, shocking. Weird. And the S1 part of the protein, which is basically the specific part of the spike protein that is attacked by the vaccine. That's where the variant happened. Right. So, So it mutated on the pressure from the vaccine.
1: And this is just bizarro world of, I, I maintain my position throughout all of this. I am not anti-vaccine. I am not pro-vaccine. I'm not telling anybody to go take ivermectin. I'm not telling anybody not to. I'm not telling anybody not to wear a mask. I'm not telling anybody to wear a mask. The stance that I will take without any question is there should not be mandatory masks anywhere for, for asymptomatic people. They should not even be discussing mandating this vaccine for adults, let alone for children, because if you guys if if you got vaccinated and they told you ahead of time, like, all right, so here's what's going to happen. You're going to take this vaccine and it's going to start out with a we think about 94, but it might be as low as 80 percent effectiveness right away. And and it's not going to stop you from spreading it to others. It's just going to minimize your chance of getting a symptomatic case of COVID. And I think there's some data that says it reduces your likelihood of hospitalization and death of serious illness, about 80%. But then after six months, it's going to drop to only about a 40% efficacy for preventing symptomatic spread. And it's not going to have any impact or excuse me on a, on a symptomatic case, no impact on your capacity to spread it and no real impact on mortality or serious cases after about six months. But then you can just take booster shots we don't we don't know how long that's going to last um, for we, life, but we'll see. We don't if you just take one booster shot, you might not get there and then we'll have to maintain it like we hope every five months, but it could end up being every two months. We, we just don't know how long it's going to last. Oh, and again, zero impact on your capacity to spread COVID, especially as more variants come out that are at least in some way being encouraged by the presence of a non-sterilizing vaccine. Oh, and if you happen to have already had COVID, when you get it, you're going to be at a higher likelihood for an adverse reaction to the shot. And we don't really know the full safety profile for the vaccine yet because the long-term trials will not be done until the end of 2022. So just to summarize, we think it's safe. We're not going to have any animal testing or long-term safety trials done until the end of 2022. Zero impact on your capacity to spread it to others. Uh, after six months, only about a 40% efficacy in continuing to drop and even preventing a symptomatic case. And uh, as time goes on, it appears that it doesn't even really prevent you from getting a very sick and symptomatic case of COVID at all, and it has no impact on your death. Who's signing up for that? Yeah, I, I'm guessing
0: that it's not going to be the hundreds of millions of people who have already signed up for it. If given that information ahead of time
1: and this is this the truly depressing part of you and i were talking about this at that point and going this this isn't going to make up this just not going to work like guys I, and you know you get called an anti-vaxxer and an idiot and a moron and i'm just looking at it and going look you can read the study like i don't have time to read the study i have a life like all right well you're so convinced i'm wrong but you won't read it and i don't want listen I, I think i said this at the time i don't want to be right I didn't want to be right about this. I want the vaccine to be fully effective. I wanted it to work. I, what never made sense to me was, number one, masks. Number two, the complete, um, the the overall push to minimize and belittle naturally acquired immunity never made sense to me. The refusal to acknowledge that some people had pre-existing T-cell immunity was, was mind-boggling. And then to, to act as if vaccine immunity was going to be somehow superior to the naturally acquired immunity. And again, we, we said it at the time, that would be the first time in human history that that's true. That that just doesn't check out. That that doesn't make any sense that you would expect that. Well, it's a novel virus and we don't know. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you throw away everything we've learned about basic epidemiology yeah. over the last start 80 years. Yeah, right? You, <laughs> you play odds of all that happened. And, and now they came out, we're like, well, everybody down to age 12 needs to get a vaccine. And some of us went... Why would a 12-year-old need to get vaccinated? They're at zero statistical risk. And then they come out and the CDC director goes, there's a wave of childhood hospitalizations caused by COVID. And then you look at it in context and you go, no, there's not. And based on data out of Britain compared to here, somewhere between 40 and 50% of all COVID hospitalizations aren't COVID. They tested positive for COVID after being admitted to the hospital. They are not there because of COVID. So they keep manipulating all this data in the same direction and lying to you and covering up real information in in order to encourage you, persuade you, and convince you that you need to get vaccinated. And not only that, anybody that doesn't get vaccinated is a direct threat to your health. And you are understandable if you want to go out and be angry with them. And they are the reason that this pandemic continues to go on. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And then some of us looked at Israel and went, yeah, it's not going to keep going that way. It's going to keep getting bad. Because what will happen is it's going to start out that more unvaccinated than vaccinated people are going to be hospitalized. And then that gap's going to close after about three, four months. And then after six months, it's going to be overwhelmingly more vaccinated people than unvaccinated people in the hospitals.
0: Funny you mentioned that. So I just recently pulled up a local uh, Syracuse.com article that sure. talks about our county. Uh, vaccinated versus unvaccinated hospitals, hospitalizations. And guess you're exactly right, Mr. Husong. Shocking. Uh, from, July, from March of 2021 uh, through August of 2021, you can see a noticeable increase of fully vaccinated people who are in the hospital. And I expect it to get more so ahead. as the uh, respiratory season
1: kicks in. It's it, What's really frustrating to me is I know I, I talk to people all the time and they want to argue with me. They they like cannot take that I might be right. And it's just like, well, you're not a scientist. Like, right, I'm not. That should be more concerning to you is the fact that I'm not a scientist. And we're able to look at this data and go, all right, well, here's what's going to happen. And again, it's not us. We're, we're reading other, other scientists. We're listening to other doctors. And we're just looking at news sources most people aren't looking at and going, wait, the data would indicate this. And then Fauci comes out and is like, "We're not gonna need booster shots. I haven't seen any data on that." And I think even at that time, you and I were going, "Yeah, we are." Yeah, like, what are those extra sl- slots on the card for? Right, like of course you're gonna, you know, you're gonna need them. You liar! You're out here just misleading people. Of course you're gonna need them because look at the drop in efficacy. And why would you anticipate it's gonna stop? That's what is confusing about it. Is all right, it, it dropped from 94, then down to 80, then down to 60, and Fauci's over there going, well, it's still good, and we just don't really know what's going to happen. Like, okay, fine. But if you know the problem is caused by antibodies dropping, and they're dropping by roughly a 50% drop in a month, and it's escalating faster, why would you expect that to miraculously stop at 33% or some random number? Right. Like, Right. It's not what would be predictable. It's insanity to think that. Instead, it's all right, look at it, and you're like, yeah, you know what? It's probably going to continue to drop. Maybe we ought to get ahead of this thing. But like everything else this man talks about, it's all public perception, and it's all about what he can sell to the public at the time. And if you told people at the time, well, we don't really like Pfizer's vaccine trial because they set it up in a way that was guaranteed to overestimate its efficacy and overestimate its benefit. Oh, and then they vaccinated the entire control group. <laughs> That's good science. Nope. We got told... Vaccines are safe. Do You guys know that as of, I think this was last week, there's been about 12,000 deaths reported that at least have some correlation to a vaccine, typically within about a week. Some are a little bit longer. That's been linked. Doesn't mean it's causation. Doesn't mean it's, it's been proven. But it's weird how we don't have a safety data or a safety briefing every week from any of the CDC or NIH people on, hey, these vaccines, I wonder what's going on with them. Yeah. We got number, one. We got a that, weekly
0: update on masks. Yeah, and that number is underreported
1: too. So four. That's what they've established as a right, as a right. link. It's that's, probably it's. I think it's four times as high. As it, it, but, it might be. We don't know because nobody's looking at it. That, like, if you don't look for something and then you come back and say, well, see, they're safe because look at how few incidents are reported. Like, because you're not looking at incidents. You're not asking people to report them. You're considering anything with a positive PCR test up to 45 cycles as a COVID case. And anybody that comes into the hospital for knee surgery but then gets a positive test as a COVID hospitalization. But you don't have the slightest bit of interest to be like, oh, hey, this perfectly healthy 50-year-old. Got vaccinated and died four days later with no known cause. Hank Aaron, 73, perfectly health I mean, as, as healthy as a 73-year-old could be. Uh, doing work for the Braves organization. Gets the vaccine. Three weeks later, drops dead of natural causes. And I'm not even saying that's wrong. But the fact that you're not allowed to talk about it is weird. The yeah. fact that we can't bring that up. They're like,
0: hey, yeah, you can bring up Marvin Hagler. Same thing that was actually immediately rumored as uh, a reaction to the vaccine by uh, Thomas Hitman Hearns, his <laughs> former uh, sparring partner there, I guess. But even the even uh, was it Vinnie Curry for the Jets, right? So he got the vaccine now, he's got some crazy blood disorder. Like, mm-hmm. so the fact that we're not even looking at those as a uh, potential uh, uh, reason for concern is. Mind boggling to me. It's why
1: you have a public health department. Look, I again, I've said this before, I'll say this again. I'm not upset with Pfizer any more than you should be, as a normal thing, because they always do this crap and they always lie. It's what they do. But the, the fault, in my opinion, lies with, hey, there's a reason we have a media and there's a reason we have public health officials. They're not supposed to go and do the bidding of Pfizer. They're not supposed to go and do the bidding of Moderna. They are supposed to stand up for the public and protect our health. Now, some of us are a bit skeptical of government agencies to begin with and have absolutely no faith in them to do that, which is a huge driver of our skepticism. Guilty. Um, but for the most part. I get why people don't want to look into this. It's hard. And most people don't have the kind of time. I understand. I get it. That's why we have a Department of Public Health. And when they get caught continually lying, 0% chance that lab leak could have caused this thing. Mass are blocking it. Well, we don't need masks. Now mass work. Shut down the schools. Ma- Let's do random asymptomatic testing because that'll be helpful. Like the number of times these people get caught lying. Is remarkable, and so few people can bring up their uh, agitation level to actually be upset with them. Instead, you get mad at the people calling out the lies. Like
0: what? Yeah. Well, this falls into the "it's easier to fool somebody than to the convince them they've been fooled" part. So, and they don't want to be convinced that they've been fooled.
1: Anthony Fauci said at the very <clears throat> beginning of this one, asked about mass that hey, look, that would imply that there was a high level of asymptomatic spread. That would be the first time that any, of any similar coronavirus was ever driven by asymptomatic spread. The CDC's website to this day cites a study from a Seattle nursing home early on when they didn't acknowledge it was aerosolized and assumed that it was all droplets. And they said this many nursing home residents got sick. Now, there's two ways that you could conclude out of that. Either the virus is aerosolized and therefore is spreading much further than the six foot that the droplet was implying, That would have been reasonable considering that would have been in a line with every other type of seasonal flu, every other type of coronavirus, and how else did that many people get sick all at once? Or the other side was, well, obviously, it's still only droplets and asymptomatic spread, which would have been the first time for both in human history. And what did our scientists and government go with? They went with the... Well, obviously, it's asymptomatic spread that is still cited on the CDC's website to this day where they say asymptomatic spread is estimated to be about 50 percent of all cases. It's nonsense. You can look it up on the website. It's still there. That study is still cited. Guys, this is not public health. This is deception and lies. And I don't know why Rochelle Walensky coming on TV and saying that we are having a inundated with child hospitalizations of covid. No, we're not. Yes, hospitalizations amongst children went up, but the vast majority of it was RSV and then testing positive for COVID after COVID was not the primary driver or telling us we had to shut schools down in order to make sure that kids, even though they're at minimal risk, didn't spread it to teachers. How many times in the entire world has a school aged child spread this virus to an adult? Do we have a number? It's roughly zero. There's not one confirmed case of this happening. Guys, this is nuts. I don't like knowing this. That's why I'm here. This is like therapy for me to just air all this out on you and be like, does this make sense to anybody else? Somebody help me out because I'm, I'm lost.
0: Well, so do you take any <clears throat> uh, comfort knowing that uh, two senior officials from the FDA have resigned their positions or will be resigning their, their positions? Uh, rumor says that they are at odds with the Biden administration's vaccine rollout. So uh, Marion Gruber, who is the director of the FDA's Office of Vaccine Research and Review, along with the deputy director, Uh, are set to leave this fall, and uh, basically in large part because they don't like the way that the FDA's uh, approval process has been handled. Do you feel encouraged by something like this?
1: I mean, in a a normal, sane world, yes, because that would cause people to pause and go, oh wait, these are two super pro-vaccine people in general that are so upset about the way this is handling that they feel so helpless, even in being in charge of the department, that they are helpless to change it. Holy crap, what's going on at... FDA and CDC. Now,
0: I will say after they made that announcement, the booster shots went back from five months to eight months. So maybe they're, uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm
1: In this, I'm, I'm in trying this. to
0: find a, a silver lining here, but maybe their their resignations did uh, kind of
1: open some eyes within the department. Yeah, it's going to be a pause because now it's, and this is what I mean about the insane world that we live in currently. No, this doesn't make me feel better because these were two people that at least had some voice of reason and some, hey, let's just not go along with whatever's politically expedient, but slow down a little bit because that's not okay that the FDA is getting ahead of us on this or that the CDC is stepping in and what, this is becoming way too politicized. Who do you think the replacements are going to be? Independent thinkers that are going to stop anything from happening or some political employee who owes their entire existence to the political appointment?
0: Yeah, no, no, I don't disagree with that assessment. So, so
1: it should make me feel better, but I've seen too much stupid over the last year and a half. And what do we say? When in doubt, bet on stupid, because that's what you're going to get at this point. If you bet on stupid, you'll be amazed at how often you're right with what our government comes out with. So, no, I feel terrible about it, and I feel terrified, because I don't know who's going in there to replace them, but I promise you, it's not going to be someone that's inclined to go, hey, wait. It's probably not somebody with enough integrity to resign,
0: like the people it's who did really before a really good then.
1: way of looking at it, yes. So,
0: um, let's, <clears throat> let's get off of boosters and talk to Ivermectin. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's just, let's, let's talk, just write right it back then. So let's start with the, uh, the Rolling Stone stuff, right? This is the funniest thing in the world. So Rolling Stone magazine, which is basically a tabloid these days, um, used to cover music and now they just basically push propaganda. But anyway, so they had an article referencing a doctor in Oklahoma and a hospital in Oklahoma quoting, where, quoting, not quoting, not referencing, yes, quoting. Yes. so oh yeah. He's quoted in there multiple times that the hospital that at which he is a emergency room, uh, I don't know if he was an emergency room doctor, but he was a doctor, and basically claimed that the emergency room at the hospital that he was working was couldn't treat a gunshot victim because the rooms were filled with ivermectin overdoses. Turns out that is not true, Mr. Huysong.
1: Shocking.
0: <laughs> Did you? We talked about how right before we came on that basically there's we have no we have no known. I think actually in the history of ivermectin, they have twelve deaths listed to ivermectin, and they're all the same response that the body's basically reaction to the medicine was so good that it actually the, the medicine did the right part, but the body's when it healed itself, it what the the things that it fixed actually eventually caused the person to die. So they're wow. they're really 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 rare. I mean, this is over again three point seven billion doses administered, twelve known. Possible deaths related to it.
1: So you're telling me it's a little different than where we are with vaccine safety? Way different. Okay, just checking.
0: Um, And so Rolling Stone, without clearly fact checking anything, just runs this article quoting this doctor. Turns out that the hospital got inundated with uh, uh, public pressure and basically released a statement saying this doctor doesn't work for us, hasn't worked for us in months. We have never not treated any gunshot victims, and we have no overdose cases of ivermectin.
1: That's the best part of the whole, like, when they did the press release, and they were like, "Um, so this is not true. We've never turned anybody away. you are like, all right, well, that's good news. And then you're like, you're looking at Rolling Stone, like, come on, guys, how'd you get that that wrong? And then they come back out, and the health system goes, also, uh, the only doctor cited as a source in this entire thing uh, has not worked here in about three or four months. He used to work here, never is an ER doc, and does not work here now. So we don't know where he's getting his information from. Yeah, the
0: and, quote, the, yeah. I was going to say, just read, a quote, read, read the quote. Read um, the quote. <clears> the <throat> was it the Northeastern Health System Se- Sequoia? I think that's the name of the hospital there. Has not treated any patients due to complications related to taking ivermectin. Oh! Uh, none <laughs> so what
1: part of your story held up here gentlemen ladies? <laughs>
0: nothing how how does how does this i mean i know how but how does an how. establishment or a uh, uh i guess a rag now like rolling stone not even make a phone call to the hospital like w- wouldn't you want the information like oh yeah who is this person like you you would think i mean obviously it was too good of a story to to, to let go they had to run it um and it, well, they weren't the only ones i mean rolling stone ran the story but Other people got involved. Business Insider ran it. it Um, it. Rachel Maddow still has a tweet up to this right now. Still, right now, basically saying patients overdosing on ivermectin, backing up Oklahoma hospitals and ambulances. This is basically citing that that thing. Um, And like I said, there's several others, uh, and it's hilarious. Yeah, in a in a terrifyingly sad way. Right, and like I said, with a simple phone call, this would have literally been a non-story. And apparently, that phone call was they didn't want the answer to what possibly could have happened there
1: no you don't want the you don't want to find out the truth you've got a source that's good enough to go with go to print get all the clicks and get spread and have everybody go crazy you think they would have learned something after you know a couple and, other cases in their past about running with a story with with some questionable sources but hell ah, with the subscriptions are up you're winning yeah and like it matters it it's the
0: <clears throat> i mean it's hard to us for it to trash on the media any more than we already do because they're literally at the the, they're at the bottom of the barrel but this is literally just like the worst of the worst kind of news stories yeah they just
1: keep digging and here's the thing guys all right ivermectin is obviously under all kind of assault now everybody's claiming that like don't take horse medicine and some of us are saying, you know, to call ivermectin horse medicine is insane. It's, it's a ridiculously good medicine that's done, it's helped millions of people around the world. Nobel through. Prize winning drug. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy that you would try to belittle this. And then the response is like, yeah, but people are taking it for, like, the horses. Like, well, maybe if the FDA would stop blocking it, if the pharmacists would start filling the prescriptions that doctors are giving, people wouldn't go do this dumb stuff of trying to take the cattle version. Now, Another part of this, you keep hearing about how hospitals are overwhelmed. Well, that turned out to be false, not one case. And yes, you keep seeing the same like five cases where some dude literally took the full dosage for a horse for multiple days and had hallucinations and yet ended up getting hospitalized for like 10 or 12 days. Did not die. This is my point. You got people all over the country from Alaska to Florida taking ivermectin off of animal shelves meant for animals that way. Thousands of pounds compared to a 180-pound human male or female. They're taking these doses at these high, high levels, so super concentrated that it's causing them to become very sick and, and have these problems, and not one person has died. Imagine what could be a better snapshot of the safety of this drug than you can take it in the dumbest way humanly possible. As dumb as you could make a decision is to take ivermectin dosed for a 2,000-pound horse for yourself and think that's going to translate to the same thing. Obviously, that's idiotic. And yes, they end up in the hospital sometimes, but not a lot. And nobody died. Imagine any other drug that you could take 1,000 times the dosage that you were supposed to take and not die. I got nothing. I don't know of anything that you could do that. I mean, Advil would probably kill you if you took that much of it. Probably. Like, that's nuts. And again, please let me be exceedingly clear. Don't go to the feed store and buy ivermectin for animals. It's nuts. Don't do that. That's not smart. But how do people not die from taking that much?
0: Like I said, I, I do think it's a uh, uh, kind of a, a statement on the safety of uh, ivermectin. Like I said, because if people were dying, that would be literally the front page of Ugh. every single newspaper in the country. Yes. And so we have other ivermectin news. We're going to get to the big uh, Joe Rogan part of this at the end here. But I wanted to, I brought, I saw this today. We had mentioned uh, West Seneca lawyer Ralph Larigo. Uh, he has been successfully uh, uh, suing hospitals to get patients. Uh, their ivermectin treatments when those hospitals had denied them a- in the past, um, I think at least five times, maybe six times. Uh, but I do see he has lost a case here in, uh, I think it's Springfield, Illinois, where a uh, judge ruled in favor of the hospital, basically saying that they thought that administering ivermectin could be enough toxic uh, toxicity to this patient's liver and kidney that might kill him. Um, the wife of the patient has basically said she's not going to appeal this, so I guess we're just going to have fingers crossed and hope that uh, Randy Klaus, who is uh, the patient, uh, is heals and is uh, home sooner than later. But uh, a, a blow against ivermectin, I wanted to kind of bring uh, that to our audience as well so that um, there are still courts out there not allowing patients to get uh, treatments that they want for their loved ones. So
1: To determine their own health
0: care decisions. So it's just crazy. So we we pay attention to him. Uh, He's been kind of, that that lawyer, uh, Mr. Larigo here, he's been kind of doing uh, a lot of work uh, around the country with uh, ivermectin in hospitals. So, all right. Let's talk about, I guess what, legend? Is legend fair?
1: I mean, listen, every time I think I can't love the dude more.
0: Joe Rogan puts out a video. I don't know. It's like a minute long video. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, quick, quick and painless there. So, uh, basically says that, uh, he
1: He put it out to announce that he had to change some tour dates around for his stand up comedy that he, that he had to change them around. And then he went into the reason as to why.
0: Um, so apparently he was coming back from a gig and started getting sick, uh, had some symptoms, uh, put himself, uh, isolated from his family, got tested in the morning and tested positive for COVID. And the, uh, the, uh, Provaxer uh, COVID idiots uh, rejoiced that he had COVID. He then gave himself uh, monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, and a Z pack, and uh, he's recovered in three days. Yep, and uh, basically only had to reschedule that one one gig. So uh, now that same group of people who were cheering that he had COVID are outraged that he's recovered.
1: That he's not sicker.
0: He's not sicker, and right? And he didn't die. And he didn't die. And uh, they are in literally hysterics that he mentioned the word ivermectin. It's amazing. So we talked about the assault on ivermectin last week, and you could see that there was a concerted effort from many mainstream publications to run stories about this. And Joe Rogan just messed all their shit up by using it and successfully using it and just touting it. And now... I assume the hysteria is going to even get worse here. So we've been talking about this since June. I feel like we're kind of trailblazers in a lot of ways here for some reason. How the hell that happened. But we here we are. Because we
1: look at the actual data and just go, well, this is what it looks like. Yeah. And it's like, usually just, it's. We have no monetary
0: incentive to go in any direction. There's plenty of information out there if somebody just wanted to look. So we're inundated with the one side. Everybody's inundated with the one side. But you think you would look at another side just just to have the other side i
1: literally but, had somebody comment on my facebook page that they i don't talk about the vax about the pros of taking the vaccine on my page and I, I i didn't even respond but all i could think in my head was like do you need more of that like honest to god like do you not have enough <laughs> of that everywhere else that i should be talking about it too and, and my actual response is because i am not pro vaccine nor anti-vaccine i just look at it as hey we should all know this information the benefits of the vaccine are spoken about everywhere The drawbacks, I don't know what's called drawbacks. The limitations are not like it's not going into anti-vax propaganda to point out that vaccine efficacy drops below 40% after six months. It's just a fact. If you never heard it anywhere else, well, I guess you know why I'm putting it on my Facebook page now, because it's true. And people should know this before they make decisions, particularly about administering this drug to their children. So not jobs. I, the article reference. I can't remember if Rogan ever got vaccinated. Yeah. He did not. He was cu- he was going to, but it was he was going to get the J and J right when they came out and said the J and J one was causing gotcha. heart. So he ended up blocking it. And then the reason everybody on the other side of this particular like the reason the pro vaccine crowd really doesn't like Joe Rogan is because he had the audacity to say on his show watched by millions of people. You know, if you're young and healthy, I I don't know that I would get the vaccine. If you're young and healthy and in good shape, I I, I don't know that there's enough benefit. I, probably not. That was his crime. Yeah. I like it's amazing. All he, it's all he had to say. Which again, if you're actually looking at the data, there's no reason to believe he was even wrong. That's that right. is what the data indicates is that if you're young and healthy, and the thing is look. I'm not going to tell you ivermectin saved Joe Rogan's life because realistically, Joe Rogan is one of the healthiest human beings on the planet. He watches his vitamins and minerals. All of his blood levels are tested at least weekly. He exercises regularly. He has a very healthy diet. The odds are pretty good. He would have kicked it without ivermectin. He would have kicked it without the uh, microbial antibodies, and he would have kicked it without the z But I don't know that he would have kicked it in two days. And that's what he did because he did all this stuff with early treatment. Because Joe Rogan has this podcast where literally all he does is bring people on that he finds interesting and asks them questions. What a what a crazy concept to sit down with somebody for three hours, whether you politically agree or disagree with them, and just ask them about what they think. And then, not really push back, but ask for cl- clarity, ask for qualifications, ask for, wait, 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 that doesn't make sense, what about this? And,
0: you know yeah, what? He's, he's a genuinely a curious person, right? So that Great. is the... That's why his show is successful, because I do think he's actually just trying to find out information. He's, and people love to find out new information. And uh, when you listen to his show, you usually find out new information. So yeah, he, I mean, he listen, does it well.
1: And he has lefties on. He has righties on. He has anybody who will come on. He's a self-proclaimed on. lefty. Oh, yeah. I mean, the left calls him outright. <laughs> oh, he did interview Alex Jones. So that was his big crime on that one multiple times. Which, yes. again, I know we mentioned this joke once before. But like, if you never heard Alex Jones's stuff, the number of stuff he's proven to be right about is really disconcerting. I, I don't like how often he's been corrected. I'm not telling you he's smart or. Do you, he's, do you want right. me
0: to send you the video of how scientists showed that he was right about the gay frogs? Yeah, I already I already know. Oh, okay. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: not that they were gay. It was it was it was weird. It
0: was close enough. That he was right.
1: Yeah, he was. I got to give it to him. He was right, right but he just worded it wrong. Yeah. But Oh my god! Like that's the stuff where why wouldn't you talk to these people even if you disagree with them and and people that are pro-israel people that are pro palestine people that are whatever else he has them on and he just like hey share your view
0: what yeah. do and, you think and this whole thing and we talked about it a little bit a little bit ago but this whole thing the idea that this drug is being labeled livestock dewormer horse pills and all this other stuff is mind-boggling me cuz there's so much data on its wonder that it works on humans right it's literally done Nobel Prize winning things and it's getting literally dismissed as a livestock drug it's, it's not even getting dismissed. crazy
1: if they ignored it I would be okay with it they're not ignoring it they're going out of their way to belittle and demean it like to call this drug parasite dewormer whatever is uh yes sure it does do that sure. I'm, I'm not arguing but it's not what it started out as it's right. not what it That that actually
0: just adds to its lore, right? Like it does all the stuff for humans and it does all the stuff for animals. Like it's literally
1: a wonder drug. It's amazing. It's one of the crowning achievements of humanity's quest for medical technology was this drug. It's something that we should all take great pride in that we as a species were able to come up with something that does this much good with this little risk. And instead, because it's undermining that people just need to get the jab, we can't even have it. We can't entertain a conversation. That's my issue with all of this is it's become a cult. You're either in or you're out. There is no like hey if you want to get it go ahead and if, if somebody else doesn't I'm okay with that too of like but there is there are pros and there are cons to getting the vaccine. In my opinion for somebody my age, my health, the cons outweigh the pros. Uh, that's it. Like the risk especially as someone who had covid and recovered. It doesn't make sense. My chances of getting an adverse reaction are too high and I don't care and I knew the benefits were overstated from the beginning. So I was initially taking a, well, let's see, but I'm not going to be an early adopter on this. I want to see how this shakes out because I know these numbers are nonsense. And as time went on and I'm watching the continue to wane and continue to wane and drop and drop and drop. And I'm going, so And then all the studies come out on the other side, which, again, if you had been honest about this for the last year, every study that's come out on natural immunity has always reached that it's very robust and very long-lasting. There's been every reason to believe that all the way through. And I watched the government come out and lie and say, well, it looks like if you get the vaccine on top of it, it would be even better. And then you look at the data and you're like, all right, again, under the most generous of circumstances, it's going to take my odds of getting sick from one in a million to one in 1.1 million but increase my risk for side effects too. Like, guys, come on. This is just disingenuous. And now the idea that you would ask somebody to go get a vaccine when they've already had COVID, and you know the vaccine efficacy drops precipitously, significantly after four or five months, and it continues to drop to the point that you need booster shots just to be safe, and you're of the same exact likelihood of spreading COVID, except now you're actually a more likely to have an asymptomatic spread because of this. Like, why? Why am I not allowed to sit this one out? Why am I not allowed to go, hey, look, I'm already at zero risk to you because I already had it and I recovered. Uh, I don't I don't think that everybody should get it because that doesn't make sense. And I think that we should have an honest conversation about the side effects and the risks. And for that, i um, dangerous. I'm an anti-vaxxer. I'm a science denier oh and a trumper i think that was my favorite even though there is nobody more pro vaccine than donald trump it's his vaccine i know saved millions of
0: lives because of him and so i'm i'm skimming through this article that was sent to me uh this morning oh boy um it's some of the other things that it's it's treated so it's like bed bugs rosacea asthma epilepsy uh, neurological disease. These are all things that basically ivermectin has been shown to have some uh, efficacy for uh, an antiviral uh, antibacterial anti-cancer is one of them. Mr. Husung. I'm
1: out. What the hell's going on here? I'm going to guess this is a psyop where they're going to come out and so people are going to run with it and they're going to come out, discredit the study and be like, see these idiots even said this drug could cure cancer. They can't be trusted. They're idiots. So
0: I'm reading a, I'm reading a, a study from January of 2021. Uh, pharmacological research, uh, the review, Ivermectin, a potential anti-cancer drug derived from an anti-parasitic drug. I'm gonna have to read this. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to read it. If it's I'm gonna send it to you. You're you're going to have to read it. No, you
1: You read it first and let me know.
0: All I know is if there's a natural compound on this planet that can do all those things, even to some measure of success, the fact that people are trying to belittle and demean this drug and basically anybody who supports it turns them into a conspiracy theorist is maybe the worst kind of person on the planet. I mean, they're literally they, they're the ones killing
1: people. Yes. Oh, my God. They've been killing people. This is nuts. Um, And also, here's the, a crazy idea. We don't want people taking the horse version or the cattle version because it's way too concentrated of a dose for an average human being to take. Right. We're all in agreement. It yeah, probably there. doesn't taste that great. And I'm sure. Yeah. You're eating paste. That can't be good. Um,
0: There is a video of a dude like who before COVID who literally who just this is like just like a joke he just ate ivermectin paste uh, in his truck like in a video and it's got like hundreds of thousands of views now because he basically rated the taste of it <laughs> so people were finding this video me and being like hey he had to do a whole nother video he was like uh, I guess this is really popular he's like but I was really just doing this as a joke <laughs> it but it
1: was a joke guys it all was right. pre COVID joke even oh my goodness yeah. so look all that aside if, if we're all in agreement we don't think people should be doing that Why are people doing that? It's not because people are believing these crazy conspiracies that ivermectin might be helpful or that there's almost no risk to taking the properly prescribed dosage. It's because the FDA is not authorizing it to be prescribed to people. It's because state medical boards are threatening to take away medical licenses from any doctor that prescribes it. That's the problem. So if you want to solve this problem... The answer is very simple. Allow for its off-label use because the risk is so minuscule to even to discuss a risk with a properly dosed prescription would be laughable. So if you want to make sure that nobody's getting sick, physician, do no harm. Authorize it for off-label use. Worst case scenario, somebody takes it and they die and they probably would have died anyway. Like they're going to still die of the disease. It was going to kill them because it's not a 100% drop in mortality. But there's a lot of studies demonstrating somewhere between 70 and 85% drop in mortality. And again, zero risk of significant side effects when taken as a proper dosage.
0: And I want to answer a question in chat. So uh, uh, we have a question there. Uh, Did the people that got the hospital to administer it, did they live and recover? And the answer is yes. All, All five of the cases that I'm aware of where Larigo won the court order and the hospital administered ivermectin, all five recovered and are uh, discharged from the hospital. One was an 82-year-old on a ventilator for four weeks. She took it. She was off the ventilator in two days, and she was out of the hospital four days later. That's so unsettling that we're not, like, embracing this drug. Yeah, that was right in Buffalo. Judy, yep. Judas Smikovitz. Yep. So you can check that out. Buffalo News. Uh, Dan Hecker, I think, is the is the author of that article. So uh, Mac Jr. in there, if you want to check out, you can Google or DuckDuckGo or Brave or whoever you however you search these days, uh, look for Buffalo News, Dan Hecker, Ivermectin, Larigo. Maybe you'll get a a return there. If not, I can uh, you can find that article you there. But all down. of them have recovered uh, that were administered Ivermectin. So um,
1: I'm so confused. Like they did this with hydroxychloroquine and people still talk about hydroxychloroquine like it was somehow bad. Look, it's not a wonder drug. It's not nearly as effective, at least from early results, as Ivermectin is. But the two of them together are an incredible response to COVID and they have an overwhelmingly positive impact and almost zero risk of significant and zero risk of mortality of like deadly side effects. Yeah,
0: And I I don't think follow the silence is a, uh, I think that, uh, I think Brett Weinstein put that uh, hashtag out there and that's exactly what it is, right? So they're basically... That was the first they ignore you part was they weren't talking about it. Now they're in the, uh, they're, they, they laughed at us with the dewormer. And now they're just fighting us, basically telling us all that, you know, they're, they're the judges right. aren't going to allow people to uh, administer with their own or fix their own health. And, uh, you know, eventually they're going to win because the truth always wins out. And if ivermectin is whatever it looks like it appears to be, then we're all going to be well, we're, all, we're going to be fine. But most of the people who were uh, trashing on ivermectin are going to turn out to look like fools. So
1: and again, let's just do a comparison. You have a vaccine that has been fully approved, not even emergency use authorization anymore. You have a Pfizer vaccine fully approved by the FDA, which we know there is a significant risk of myocarditis in young men. There's a significant risk. I don't want to call it a significant risk of death, but there's deaths linked to the administration of this vaccine. And we know the efficacy of the vaccine falls below 40 percent after six months. That is fully approved, and people are talking about mandating it. We can't get emergency use authorization for fi- for ivermectin on off-label use? That's too much to ask? No patent, no money. Because for the love of God, it appears to the people that recovered with ivermectin, they, they retain their acquired immunity. They remain immune for at least 10 months, and the only reason we don't know any longer than that is because we haven't studied it yet. But the people that had SARS-CoV-1 and got the acquired immunity to that, Still had that immunity fifteen years later. So again, every indication would be that that's much longer lasting. And we have we
0: have real world like results, right? I mean, there's countries using it. Africa has used it. India is using it. Peru, Mexico. There are places that are using this effectively now. Like it's that we don't have to wait for trials. You can look at them right now.
1: Right. And if you want to run the trial, fine. But just let this is why we have emergency use authorization. You know the risk factor of ivermectin. It's zero. You know the potential benefit based on 60 plus studies, far more than was ever done for the vaccine to get its emergency use or its full body. Like you have 30 plus years of data to look at as far as safety. Yes, the efficacy question still needs to be answered. But if there's even a 1% chance that you could save a person's life with zero risk of them actually getting very much sicker or dying because of the treatment, why wouldn't you do it? And it's not 1%. It's like 80%. There's so many studies that purport, and are they all perfect? No. Are there still questions? Yes. Am I telling you it's conclusive? No. But the cost compared, or the risk compared to the benefit, is so overwhelmingly minuscule that to not authorize this or to not allow it, you don't even got to come out and support. Just stop getting in the way. That's all yeah. I'm asking. Stop getting in the way. If I get COVID, again, and I decide I want to take ivermectin after discussing it with my doctor and he or she tells me all of the risks. And I still decide, you know what, it's still worth the risk me, and I want to take it. I should be allowed to do that in conference with my doctor without the government or some oversight bureaucratic agency getting in the way. That is wrong. The only reason that bureaucratic agency should get in the way is if that is a potential threat of which my doctor and I couldn't possibly be made aware. That does not hold up for ivermectin. 30 plus years that we've been using this drug millions and millions of people what is it billions of doses given 3.7 3, 3. billion going into this year 12 people with a linked or not even a direct causation with a correlated death 12 out of 3.7 billion compared to 12,000 out of the hundreds of millions of vaccines that have been given and one of these not only got EUA but got full approval whereas I can't even get an EUA for this you are not serious people and if you support this I promise you you're part of the problem yeah and anybody who's calling it a
0: a horse dewormer, you need to get new news sources yep because they're failing you all right, Mr. Hugh I think we uh, left the audience with a lot to chew on until next week. Uh, we will be back again next Monday, so uh before we get out of here, make sure you like and share this video before it gets banned. I don't know I'm <sighs> gonna post this I'm gonna post this one to odyssey. Uh, as well just because we talk so much ivermectin and vaccine stuff yeah there's at least a shot this one's getting i'm gonna have it i'm gonna have it there so uh if you guys we do i have an odyssey channel i haven't really set it up yet so but i'll I'll link you to that another time anything you want to leave the folks with uh any words of
1: wisdom any uh you know labor day thoughts uh, short weekend anything less certainty more questions folks that's all i got for you less certainty more questions It's a winning formula for how to get through this life At least in my own moronic experience.
0: All right. Sounds great. All right, folks. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, We'll be back again next week for episode 66. 66. Episode 66 next week, next Monday, 12 p.m. Eastern for the live show. Again, like and share, uh, rate and review, and uh, help us out. And uh, we'll see you all again next Monday.